Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. I want to thank Diane Dodge for uh, filming that for us. And you're going to hear more stories over the next few weeks of of how people give sincerely and what exactly and how exactly that encourages a life of generosity, but it also does more than that. I believe it does more by it connects us with a God who is already generous to us. And we share in that generosity as we move forward together. So would you please go to God in prayer with me? Oh God, we thank you for the reminders that we've had today about your goodness, about how you have given us so much and you allow us to be a part of the blessings that are around us. So God, we pray that as we spend this time together that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. Amen. So this year, uh, you've heard me talk about how we had a special time with uh, 10 members of our church working on a mission and vision of and, and core values and strategies and all that stuff. You'll, you'll see more of that here soon. But when we came up with our core values, one of them was that we as a church, we give sincerely. And, and when that came up, it, it, it was kind of a mind-blown moment for me because I, I've seen a lot of the different ways that we as a church give sincerely. It reminded me of a story uh, that I've heard long before. I I did a lot of research about this story, trying to make sure I I credit it to the right person who said it, but I I couldn't find one because I saw like 10 or 15 different versions of the story. So I'm going to tell my own version of the story, crediting it to all these other versions that I've heard. There's a story about a uh, church bus driver. Uh, Sometimes, uh, maybe in bigger cities, you have a guy who drives around a bus to pick up kids to to bring them to Sunday school or to bring them to church activities. I know we've done that with our church van here. And he was driving around during the week, and he saw this little boy who was out playing in a yard. And, And the boy had tattered clothing, and it was ripped, and you could tell the boy was a little unkept. And the bus driver stopped the bus and he opened the door and he started to have a conversation with the little boy and and he said you know I think you would really enjoy coming to Sunday school with me this next Sunday and the boy just kind of looked at him and shrugged his shoulders sure I have nothing else to do and the the boy the, the bus driver said well why don't you go ahead and clear it with your parents that way they know where you're going, because I don't want them to think that some stranger just and took you somewhere. And the boy was like, ah, don't worry about it. My parents don't care what I do. So I'll just, I'll just cop on your bus, and I'll go to church with you. So the next Sunday came along, and the bus driver pulled up on the street, and the boy was ready to go. 
He still had on his raggedy clothes because that's all he had. And he hopped into the bus and they, they went to the church. And the first thing that they did at the church is that they had Sunday school. So the little boy went to the Sunday school class and the Sunday school teacher was talking about Jesus and talking about their relationship with Jesus and that it was time for church and the boy didn't know where to go. So the Sunday school teacher took him by the hand and they walked into the sanctuary and they sat down together on a pew and the, the service started. They sang the songs, they did the normal ritual they do on a Sunday morning and then it came time for the offering place to be passed around. So the offering plates are being passed, and while this is happening, the boy notices that the teacher is digging inside of her purse and trying to, to grab something. And when the offering plate comes up, the teacher places what she had in her purse into the offering plate and immediately passed it to the adult sitting on the other side of the boy. And the boy was confused, and, and the boy asked the teacher, so, so what's this all about? What's, what's going on? And the teacher says, oh, I was just giving something to God because I'm thankful for what God has done for me. And the boy just kind of looked at her and went, oh, okay. And the service kept going, and the boy kept looking for the offering plate. And finally, when he caught the usher holding the offering plate, he, he slipped out of the pew, and he walked over to the usher, and he tapped him on the arm and said, hey, sir, can I have that? And the guy didn't know what to do, so he handed him the offering plate. And the boy took it, and he placed it on the ground in front of him. And when he did that, he stepped into the offering plate, and he did this. And the sanctuary was quiet. And it was asked of the boy, why did you do that? And he said, I just wanted Jesus to know that even though I don't have anything to give, I wanted to give Jesus me. Isn't that a beautiful story? I don't know if it's true or not, because again, I've heard it passed around over and over again, but, but it's a reminder for us that, that when we give sincerely, we give all of us. We just don't give here or there just to try to make something or somebody happy. We offer ourselves fully to God. So fast forward to last Sunday. After the 8.30 service, I had a, a mom come up to me. And she said, hey, my son wants to show you something that he did in children's church. I was like, okay, yeah, I would love to see it. And, and, and he walked up to me and he handed me his piece of paper that had this on here. I don't know if you can read a kindergartner or not, but uh, even with the G's backwards, what he wrote was, I give my life to God, Evan. When I saw that, my heart just exploded. A kindergartner who, who gave an offering. Now, this wasn't set up or anything like that to, to make my story a little more pointed. This, this was actually something that happened yes, last week. And, and I saw that and I said, oh, Evan, I am so glad that you shared this with me. And I am so glad that you are giving 
your life to God. And he had a smile on his face because I think he knew what a difference that makes to be able to offer himself sincerely to God and to say, God, I give my life to you. Now, today we start our stewardship series, and we'll be talking over the next four weeks. And I know, and I know that we have a tendency to pigeonhole stewardship with, with one thing, and that one thing is money. But hopefully, already you see and you have seen that stewardship is, is way more than money. Yes, as a church, we have to have funds to make sure everything runs and we are able to do the mission and ministry that, that we all do together. It's not just me. It's not just Wanda or Lindsay or Francis or anybody else that's on staff. It is all of us working together, offering ourselves fully to God so that we can bring God's kingdom right here and right now. And the best way that we do that is when we take the opportunity to make sure our giving is sincere in all that we do, knowing that God is calling us to give sincerely so that others may know and experience a life with him. So this year, we are going to focus on one passage. Uh, this is Psalm 50. Now, just a warning, Psalm 50 is about 23 verses long, so it's a long passage. But I wanted to share the entire psalm for you today. We're going to break it up over the next three weeks to really talk about it. But I wanted you to hear the whole psalm in context because it's easy to take a piece here and a piece there and, and to make it fit however you want it to. But when we take a look at the whole thing, I think we see a good picture of God's love for God's creation and God's love for each and every one of us. So I invite you to turn to Psalm 50 if you have your Bibles with you. If not, we'll have the words printed on the screen for you to follow along with as well. <clears throat> Hear the word of the Lord. The Mighty One. God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. From Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and will not be silent. A fire devours before him, and around him a tempest rages. He summons the heavens above and the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me this consecrated people who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. I have no need of a bull from your stall or a goat from your pen. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? 
Sacrifice thanks offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. But to the wicked person, God says, what right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips? You hate my instructions and cast my words behind you. When you see a thief, you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You sit and testify against your brothers and slander your own mother's son. When you did these things and I kept silent, you thought I was exactly like you. But I now arraign you and set my accusations before you. Consider this, you who fought God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. Those who sacrifice thanks offerings honors me. And to the blameless I will show my salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, when you hear this passage, what are some of the words that come to your mind about what you have heard here today? Harsh? Judging? Uncaring? Selfish? Those are some words that, that can come around. You know, there, there are some times when, when pastors, and, and, and I will admit I have done this myself, where I've come across a passage that I want to preach on, and there's just a little section in there that's going, yeah, I really don't want to mention that because that's kind of harsh. I mean, this is one of those passages that you could do that to. But I wanted you to hear the whole thing in context because this passage is not a passage about an angry God who is, is demanding full, full uh, showing up to him or doing what he wants you to do. Yes, God wants us to do that. But what I see, I see a message of love. I see a message of grace. I see a warning for us too. That sometimes we want to go our own way. And we want to do things on our own, but I think we all know that when we try to go and do things our own way, it messes up. It, it, it doesn't do exactly what we intend to do. Because we aren't listening for God's way. We want it to be our way. This psalm is an important psalm for the people of Israel because it's called a festival psalm. And it's believed to have been composed for one of the three major festivals that God required of God's people in the book of Exodus. There were three times that the Israelites were supposed to gather together to give thanks to God and to, to, to be a part of a, a gathering to worship God. Those three festivals are, are Passover, there's uh, the Festival of Booths, which is what we are talking about today. And then there's also the Festival of the Harvest, which happens around the Pentecost time. Passover is around Easter. Harvest is around Pentecost time. And this festival, though, the Festival of Booths, was celebrated about maybe about a month ago. And it was a, a, a feast that reminded the people of Israel when they were out wandering in the wilderness 
the, the 40 years that they were disobedient to God and not going straight to the promised land, but God had them wander so that they can turn and have their fully utter dependence on him. What, what, what God is wanting to remind them of is the covenant that God had established with God's people. And my friends, that is the same covenant that God has established for us to continue to follow even today. It is a covenant that is worked throughout all of scriptures. And when we see that, we see God's love and kindness for us even when we have fallen short and have turned away. It's a picture that we see from creation where God created all of the heavens and the earth for us. And when we decided to eat from the knowledge of the fruit, the, the fruit from the knowledge of, of good and evil, it still was there created for us, but God wanted us to remember it, the promises that he had for us. It's the promises that God had for the people of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness, as they were trapped in Egypt, and as they set foot in the promised land. And it's the promise that we continue to live in because of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. When we take a look at all of these things together, we take a look at the psalm, we are reminded that we offer to God because... All of this belongs to God. I loved how, how uh, Wada was sharing with the kids about being in God's house. We, we are gifted this place to worship. And I think that our gifting goes way beyond these walls, that we are gifted to be in ministry to the people that are outside of these walls. And when we take the opportunity to give our tithes and offerings back to him, we are acknowledging that God has given us these things and then we share these things with others. David noticed this. And he wrote in Psalm 24, verse 1, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants belong to God. And then James, later in the New Testament, on 117, he writes, Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, and these gifts come down from the Father. So why do we give sincerely? We give sincerely because we know that God has sincerely given to us. And we participate in this continued giving. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. We're going to explore how we can be a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I don't know about you, but every single time I hear that phrase, I hear two totally different things going in opposite directions. How can we sacrifice something and give thanks at the same time? Because whenever I think about sacrificing, I think about that I'm giving up something that I may not want to give up, but I want to be thankful for, for all that I have. We'll talk about what it means to honor our vows to God when we became a part of God's family, when we were shared under the waters of baptism, when we became a member of the local church. We, we said that we would do things to, to be there, to honor our vows to God and then share that love with others. And then on Commitment Sunday, we will share again a reminder of how we have become a part of this community with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, 
our service, and our witness. When we do all of these things, we, we say, God, we know that what we have is a gift. And we know that, that you have created so much and you have allowed us the opportunity to share in that. We want to be a part of the work that you are doing through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. I wanted to share a prayer that I uh, found recently uh, from a morning devotional called The Wake-Up Call, written by J.D. Walt. It's uh, through Seedbed, and through this wake-up call, uh, I saw it a couple of weeks ago and said, man, this is really good. So we had a group of men that gathered together at 6.30 in the morning on the second, actually it was the third Monday of the month, but we're going to start meeting on the second Monday. And I said, you know, I want to share this with you. And I shared with them the prayer, and they thought it was, it was very powerful. And the next day I had staff meeting, and, or actually a staff work day, and I shared all of this with the staff that day too. And, and then that evening we had our board meeting, and so I went ahead and shared it a third time because it just continues to speak to me. And I know that we have copies of it. I don't know, Lindsay, do you have copies? I know we have some up here on the front pew. We'll make those available. See Lindsay or come up here in the front pew. If, if you want to pick one up, I know that I posted it on Facebook. That'll go out there uh, at, at 12.30 today. Uh, but I wanted to share this prayer with you. And I invite you over the next four weeks to take this prayer and pray it daily. Pray it daily because it allows us to see that we are consecrating ourselves to be in further mission to God to allow his work to move inside of us so that we are open to what he has for us so that we can share that love with others. So I, I don't have the words on the screen. I did that on purpose because I, I didn't want you reading it. I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it so hopefully it will become a part of who you are. And like I said, please grab a copy down here or see Lindsay and she'll be happy to hand you a copy of this prayer together. So let us go to God in prayer. Lord Jesus, I am your witness. I receive your righteousness and I release my sinfulness. I receive your wholeness and release my brokenness. I receive your fullness and release my emptiness. I receive your peace and release my anxiety. I receive your joy and release my despair. I receive your healing and release my sickness. I receive your love and release my selfishness. I receive the church you are building and release the church that I am building. Come, Holy Spirit, transform my heart, mind, soul, and strength so that my consecration becomes your demonstration, that our lives become your sanctuary. For the glory of God the Father. Amen. See, that's what offering to God is. 
It's releasing ourselves to allow God to have control over what we are doing, to God to to guide us, to direct us, and to lead us. And my hope and prayer is that over the next few weeks, and as we continue to move forward as faithful followers of Jesus Christ, we allow that prayer to live inside of us so that we may share him with others.